Hello and welcome to a podcast with Martina Wegman. Martina is has become one of the most successful fee, female contenders in freestyle kayaking. She uh, she prides herself on winning the European Freestyle Championships and some of the highest profile white water races in the world, including the TV Outdoor Games and the Slipline Extreme World Championships, not one, two, but four times in a row. In recent years, Martina has switched codes um, to slalom kayaking and recently um, was in the final of the Slalom World Cup and uh, aiming for this year's Worlds and, uh, and the future Olympics. Hey, Martina, can you hear us okay? Yeah, yeah. Great stuff. So um, can you tell us a little bit for, there might be listeners out there who don't know who you are or don't know what um, even sort of kayaking is um, or freestyle kayaking or slalom kayaking. Can you just give us sort of a, a real brief history of y- yourself and how you got into kayaking and what kayaking looks like for you on a, on a sort of yearly basis? Yeah. Um, my my dad he he was a kayaker, so I I grew up around water and um, with kayaks around us. So uh, my brother picked it up, and then me and my sister we slowly wanted to try it as well. And because we we from the Netherlands, we don't have any white water, but we have the ocean. We started to um, kayak in little kayaks, um, which are a little bit more comparable with surfboards and we started to just play in the waves um in the ocean which was my start of kayaking and it's called freestyle kayaking you can do little tricks like somersaults with um these small kayaks and then slowly i um got more into running rivers so i i went off on some creaking missions just trying to find the nicest rivers nicest waterfalls um around and then finally i started to um get into slalom kayaking which is what i'm doing now which is the olympic discipline where they have gates um dangling above the white water and you have to um negotiate through them without touching those gates yeah that makes sense (laughs) yeah and for anyone um and listening you know feel free to uh, google um, Martina Wegman and you'll, you'll be able to see some of the um, activities that she does and you know going back to a few years ago when you you know you've been doing some ascents and um, sorry descents rather <laughs> and jumping off waterfalls and um, and playing about in huge white water where you can kind of do backflips and twists and turns and like you said, and um, you know, some of those for someone who doesn't kayak or someone who's um, who kayaks, and even some people who've been kayaking for years or decades, doing some of the moves and some of the stunts that you've done is is very nerve wracking and frightening. Um, and I'm sh- you know sure it is for you as well. But how do you sort of how did you maintain a level of confidence to? to approach those challenges um, or events and um, still perform how you wanted to? Mm, it, it went quite natural, naturally for me because I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say of myself that I'm 
fearless, but sometimes it, as well when I see what waterfalls I did or sections I run, I'm like, wow, how come I can do this? Um, but I think it's because I started kayaking quite young when I was maybe 13 years old. And I, I very slowly was pushing myself. Um, yeah, just really small step by step. And I think just doing it, you just get more confidence. And I never felt like I had to prove anything or really wanted to run soon and things. But I don't know if I felt confident on the day. I I just went for it. And um, if I didn't feel comfortable, i happy to just sit on the bank that day. Um, See, so yeah, I never really felt like I had to think about it or really made decisions. I just was really listening to my mind and body and yeah, yeah, just trust it. And what age do you, were you jumping off waterfalls or yeah, going into sort of big rapids? Mm, I think this was really when I was 17, I started to. Um, get on some trips with some other peddlers and um, yeah I was pushing a little bit more and I think as well because I was peddling so much I had a pretty good basic skill level that it was mostly that I was sometimes too scared to run certain thing or didn't have the confidence that my skill level was good enough to do this so I think just Changing this step by step, getting on a little bit bigger white water, um, made me having the skills and never really um, have many mistakes on the water. How would you approach your challenges? Sometimes I come on a trip and there's a really big waterfall, and it makes it easier if you have run smaller waterfalls before, because then you are a little bit more comfortable with the height as well because I guess it gets a bit more normal um, just dropping off this height um, but it's not that before a big waterfall I had to run smaller ones it's really it really depends on what river or what waterfalls because there's really easy waterfalls which are big but really easy but there's small waterfalls which are a lot harder to um, to pedal as well yeah, I can imagine. So what what would you do to prepare? Um, there's only a very few times where I maybe wasn't 100%, 100% sure, but I guess in my mind I always had a risk um, calculation that I kind of picked the worst case scenario and if I would come out of it alive, I'm like, okay, this will That's be okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, and if I if there was a risk calculation where it wouldn't come out of a life. I would be like, oh, no, nah, uh, maybe I don't do this one. Because <laughs> I felt like I was confident, but I I still, it's white water and I wouldn't trust myself 100%. You always can make a mistake. Yeah. Okay. But on those days that you didn't feel confident or the risk factor didn't work, you would um, cam the idea and come back another time. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And um, and then recently you've moved into slalom kayaking, which is, you know, pretty much a, a new sport. Um, you know, you're in a kayak and 
um, to a lot of people it might seem a very similar but really it's you know different dynamics different waters different approaches etc um, how has that transition been for you um, it's really good to me it's it brings me to the same challenge almost as um, pedaling rivers and white water but the risk factor is a lot smaller <laughs> because I as I said before Sometimes my risk calculation was, I, if I can die, I wouldn't run it. And in slalom, you're always on a slalom course, which are usually they have a start and a finish, which isn't far apart. And there's not any danger or like any big danger on the course. So, but I still can challenge myself enough by trying to have the perfect line. But I... I don't have to have that risk calculation. It's, but it's a different calculation when it's for races, but there's not that much to lose compared to if you think about losing your life on a river. Yeah, um, the risk so is points rather than uh, bodily parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, and how how do you deal with those risks? And how do you sort of maintain confidence for those risks or? Because um, uh, you know you've got a series of gates within every course, haven't you? Um, so you there must be a sort of a risk calculation, not only beforehand <laughs> but also ongoing as you as you do the course. Yeah. So I think for me, coming from Whitewater, there's not that many people who have come from Whitewater to slalom, um, and I think it helped me having having done that risk calculation in my water already and now coming to the slalom courses, I I feel like I have nothing to lose. There's not a real risk. Um, just if I hit a gate or miss a gate or make a mistake there, it's I'm not too worried about it because there's always another race and I really do it because I'm enjoying it. So I... The risk calculation is a lot smaller um, here and yeah. Yeah, interesting because you've got that relative past of a, a much bigger risk and a much bigger danger. These The risk in front of you seems a lot less significant, I guess, um, which allows you to approach it maybe with a bit more gusto or energy or uh, than others might. Um, is, is that about right or...? yeah yeah i think so yeah i think as well because especially the first year when i came from white water i felt like i didn't have to prove anything like i was happy that i had traveled the world doing like creaking and um just trying a new discipline and i didn't care when people would think that i'm a bad peddler um in salon i i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't care about this um, but I feel like maybe people who have done slalom their whole year, uh, whole life, they they've done slalom because they want to reach the top level in slalom. So I feel like they feel a little bit more pressure to do well and perform and get better and better each year, which I guess I want to as well. But maybe it's I think maybe this difference is that it's slightly less important to me that makes yeah. sense yeah absolutely 
And what what helps you sort of moments before a race and you're you're just about to set off and um are there any things that you typically do um in your rituals or preparations or just before just to kind of stay focused and uh you know look to find your flow and um what things have sort of helped in the past or that you are going to be doing in the future um why my good races i i usually visualize I had visualized a lot before, um, like when I got a good result. The, I had I was really focused on the visualization, and um, mm -hmm. this was really strong. So I felt like this was helping, but it doesn't. I can't get this for every race. So I think mm -hmm. having this focus and visualization, visualization really helped. Um, yeah. And really, sometimes I. But it doesn't happen so often before a race. I, I'm thinking about dropping off waterfalls and try to have that feeling before dropping off the waterfall. And because um, it goes so naturally then that I try to get that feeling because you only fall for two seconds, but you almost like you can remember falling really. It's this before the waterfall and after the waterfall and whatever happens in between. It's I guess you're in the flow because you can really, well, I usually cannot really um, explain this <laughs> because I have my eyes closed and just wait for a landing. But um, yeah, I guess this this feeling right before a waterfall just to get into the flow um, sometimes helps as well to get ready for the slalom races. Yeah, and that visualization is that, um, do you sort of picture a positive process of you doing the whole race or you just picture the end of it or you just picture the start of it or um, how do they tend Mo to go? Mostly the, the whole race and yeah, basically from just after the start line, so actually not on the start line, but just after the start line um, till the finish finish line and what what have been your greatest flow moments do you feel in either in kayaking or outside kayaking where you've just been so focused that you've engaged in a way that you've come out and gone oh that was quite interesting that was very different from a normal experience well I had, I've had two races where I I thought they were maybe coincident but they were quite outstanding to me as well because one time I was visualizing um before the race on the flat water and the last time I visualized my hand slipped on my pedal and I was just kind of sitting on flat water making really easy strokes and I was like ah oh, should I do it one more time now nah, what are the chances that my hand slipped off my pedal in the race um so but then I raced and within the race my hand slipped off my pedal and I missed or touched the gate I can remember interesting but, yeah and I think it was kind of as well on that point when I was visualizing um but I was like well can be just coincident um and then what other time at the race I was that's funny I was spelling on the flat and I was counting just counting in my head and um I can remember the exact number but I I wanted, I think I wanted to count to a hundred because I was like, okay, I want to have a runtime of a hundred seconds. But 
I kept going over it. And then I one time I was counting to 102 and I was telling myself, no, 100. And it just, in my head, it jumped, no, 102, no, 100, no, 102. And then on the race, on the video screen, um, they gave me a, a touch, which is a two-second penalty. And on the race feed, there is two-second penalty, then it goes off, then it comes on, then it comes up, then it goes on, then it comes off. And at the finish line, it's off. And my, my runtime was 100 seconds, um, which, again, was a, probably a coincidence, but because yeah. it was something I was visualizing, I, it was memorable to me that it was the same as I, I had kind of visualized yeah. or was busy with before the race. Um, preparation so they yeah <laughs> yeah wow excellent and you're joining us from spain at the moment where you're you're practicing on the same course that you'll be competing on later in the year um and uh, how is sort of practicing in that same place in the place the world championships is going to be you know, months beforehand, how, how are you sort of using that time to prepare for the World Cup? There's a race coming up this weekend and because the European Championships are around this area as well, um, it seems a good way to drive all the way here and just stay here for one and a half months to train on the course here and trying to get to get used to the course and starting to feel more confident with the white water here. Um, so yeah, it's just going to be normal day-to-day -day training, but, um, I guess I, I just going to try to learn every feature on the course and get more confident. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly the more we put time in into every feature again and again, the, the more, I guess it becomes a bit more muscle memory and the more familiar we get with the uncomfortableness and well, the more familiar we get with being unfamiliar and the more comfortable we get with being uncomfortable. And then we can sort of focus on fine-tuning the the performance rather than maybe being overwhelmed by the course or the location or the etc. Well, thank you for your time, Martina. And um, you know, what advice would you give to someone starting out in terms of uh, how they can find flow or become the greatest sort of version of themselves or fulfill their ability, so to speak? I would suggest to start really gradually um, as I did and just get the hours in. And it helps a lot when you're younger and don't have the power yet because you have to do everything on technique. Um, and I would, I think the biggest one is to, to never be scared of what other people think of you I think some of the races or athletes have this where they always feel like they want to do it for somebody else or maybe feel judged when they make a mistake um but I think to to go for it 100 percent, but never be scared of failure all right well thank you very much for your time Martina and um and good luck this coming season I know everyone at the flow center is uh wishing you um a, a lot of good energy and uh and good luck on all your endeavors and challenges to come thanks for taking some time out with us and um we look forward to uh look um 
looking at your sort of progress as the uh, as the summer and year unfolds. Thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no problem. Bye bye for now. Bye.